praying that you all are getting this at this time. It seems like we are better in a better place. Amen. Um, but I want to get I want to jump right back into this uh, again. I don't have too much time with you. Yeah, I can see that we are. Uh, you can see everything um, right now. So do me a favor. If you're with me, go ahead and hit the like button real quick. Share this um, so that we can get back to uh, what we were doing. Amen. Um, real quick, I want to open us up with a word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, God. We ask God that you be in the midst of this Bible study. Have your full way. Have your full control. Have your full authority, God. We seek to please you, God, and only you. So have your way on this evening, God. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Now we're now we're back. Amen. Thank you, Annalise. I see that you can see it. Um, so do me a favor. Uh, grab your Bibles and so we can jump up and get back into this and repeat after me. Lord, I thank you that I have a Bible. It is our personal copy of God's purpose, God's plan, and God's design for our life. Therefore, I am a believer and not a doubter. I'm not just a hearer, but I'm also a doer. And my life has been better after hearing the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, once again, I was talking about um, this topic of who's causing uh, you trouble. Amen. Um, once again, I was dealing with, I don't know how much uh, you all heard earlier, but um, we are, as being a prophetic ministry, a prophetic church and operating in the prophetic Sometimes we have to deal with um, the enemy who fights against us. Amen. And too often times in the world, uh, because of situations, because of people that are involved in our lives, people that are involved around us, we generally don't know that we're who we're fighting against. We fight against a person. We fight against a job. We fight against people. We fight against situations. Um, we fight against uh, uh, the environments that we're in. But truthfully, we're not fighting against who is the person problem of all these things. Amen. So uh, I know I'm trying to rush. I'm not rushing through this, but I need you all to grab hold of this. Uh, in Ephesians 6 and 12, I need you to hear this. Um, it says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Somebody make sure they underline that flesh and blood, but against principalities, underline principalities, against powers, underline powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, um, underline that underline against spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Um, we know that in this scripture and in this text that this is the apostle Paul talking to the church at Ephesus, um, but he's dealing with them from a standpoint of you got to realize that you're not fighting against your brother or your sister. Um, they're supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to pray for one another. We're supposed to uh, help build one another. We're Even when someone falls into sin, we're, those that are righteous are supposed to pray pray for them to lift them up and bring them out of that situation. Amen. But too often times do we have a issue because we constantly uh, fight people instead of fighting the spiritual aspect of these things. And we see in Ephesians that Paul was telling them that, look, it's not the flesh and blood, even as hard as it may sound, it's not the flesh and blood that is at the root cause of the offense um, that, that we're fighting against. He's said there are principalities. These are the rank and files of Satan's army. Um, the, the, the principalities against the powers. Um, so if you had to number it, put principalities number one, powers number two, against the rulers of darkness of this age. That's a big one, and that's where I was left off at before we had to restart the stream. Listen, um, rulers of this darkness, of the darkness of 
this age. Somebody needs to hear that. This age, rulers of the darkness of this age. Each century, each next generation, they fight and war against the, the, the rulers uh, uh, that are uh, that are set in place during that season. We know that Satan, uh, that the devil is uh, uh, the prince of this world. Uh, he has the ruler of this world. He has dominion. He has authority right now. And each and every season or each and every generation, he allows certain of his rank and files to control the destructive nature, the things that are entered in or the things that are been put into the earth that we seem to hope that we seem to see catapult and take over a region or even a generation the things that we deal with he puts them in that place so we are fighting against the spirits of that of that age of the spirits of darkness of that age amen um he said against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places so these are four of the uh uh, uh get the four of the rank and file of satan's army that we're struggling with that we're fighting with that we're in to be in constant warfare against because we also need to realize this one thing that who we're fighting against um when we're fighting against him is uh it is it is not to be not not to understand but to realize that he's defeated amen we got to realize that he's defeated so once again my question is who's causing you trouble who's causing you the affliction who's causing you the burdens that you're dealing with in your life um what does this word trouble mean what does this word trouble mean and it's simply put as this to disturb the mental calm and contentment of if i had to put uh put your name behind it to disturb the mental calm and contentment of pastor thomas to to disturb the mental calm and contentment of uh, uh deaconess tansy to disturb the mental calm and contentment of uh annalise the it, see what i'm saying this is what trouble is designed to do it's caused to it's uh to uh, to reduce worry and distress that's what trouble does it produces worry and distress in a person it also agitates a person amen it also is to put to put to inconvenience exertion or even pain to cause bodily pain discomfort or disorder too, it also means to afflict, but get this, it means to annoy, to vex, or to bother. See, the devil is the mastermind behind every evil act that takes place in the earth. See, the Bible abounds with evidence and tells us of constant situations that he is the villain, um, whether it's sickness whether it's disappointment, whether it's robbery, whether uh, or, or whatever it may be, the motivating force behind each problem is the same thing, and that's it's the devil. Yeah, I, it's not that the devil made us do it. It's the devil influenced, uh, put his influence in the earth in situations that cause trouble. 
Um, so who, uh, uh, who's causing you trouble in your life? Who's causing you the situations that you're going through in your life? It can even be us. He's using us to cause trouble in our own life. It can be, uh, it can be another person. It can be a thing. It can be a situation. It can be uh, the finances in your life. It could be your spiritual life. It could be uh, uh, that person that, 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 that you just really can't seem to shake in your life that's causing you trouble. Amen. So who's causing you trouble? Um, it, who's causing you to, to deal with these things and the thing that you're going through? Um, get this in, 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 in uh, Colossians, the second chapter, we got to realize this one thing. Having uh, Colossians, the second chapter, looking at the 15th verse, having disarmed principalities and powers. Who? Jesus. He made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. Uh, what are we talking about? Because I need you to realize that even though there's trouble in our life, we have to realize this simple point that the devil is defeated. Amen. The devil is defeated, but he's trying to take as many people down with him in defeat. Yeah, he's trying to cause as much havoc when he already knows that Jesus has won the battle. Uh, that scripture, once again, tells us that he made a spectacle. Uh, first of all, he disarmed the principalities and the powers, two of the ranking fouls. He made a public spectacle of them. How? Because he had anointing, he had authority, he had power over them. He, he, call, he used his words, he used his gift, he used his position in the kingdom to wreak havoc on them, to disarm them of their tactics, to disarm them of their abilities. Power is nothing more than abilities. What abilities have you allowed the enemy to influence in your life? What power have you given over to the enemy? Well, I can't stop this. I can't get out of this. Um, I, I, I struggle with this. And God is saying, no, you got to stop using your words to speak life to trouble. Your words have the power to either build up or tear down. The Bible puts it like this. Life and death lies in the power of the tongue. So the more I give life to my problems, the more I give life to the trouble in my life, the more the trouble gains traction and energy. The more the trouble gains authority and power. Every time I say I can't overcome something, I have given more authority to that thing I can't overcome. What is it in your life that you've been constantly speaking to and you have not called it defeated? You have not called it finished. See, Jesus, before he even took his last breath, knew that Satan was defeated. So while on the cross, he said it is finished. And if life and death lies in the power of the tongue, his confession of it is finished was already setting in motion what was getting ready to take place when he took his last breath. It was already put in motion that he was going to go and snatch the keys to death in the grave. It was already in motion because he made the confession, 
it is finished. What is it that you're making confessions about in the negative? Or what is it that you're making confessions about in, uh, that, that, are, that God is causing a manifestation? Yeah, being prophetic and knowing is also speaking to that current situation and the situation to come. I said this on Sunday. I posted that when you say that I am victorious through Christ who strengthens me, you have already put the devil on notice, no matter how hard the situation you're in, that he's not going to win. But not only that, in the prophetic, you're already speaking to that next thing that you're going into. I'm victorious through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, it may seem like you've knocked me down. Yes, it may seem like you've gained an advantage. But guess what, devil? I am victorious through Christ. And so now you put on you put him on the defensive because he knows now that whatever he throws at you, you've already declared that God is bringing you out. Whatever he says to you, you have already declared that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So the challenge that we constantly face is making sure that we're matching our mouth with the confessions of the Lord. Amen. Because like I said, he is defeated. Get this. You don't have uh, don't uh, be misunderstood. You do not have to be afraid of what Satan might do when Jesus has already rose from the grave. He stripped the devil and his demons of their power and made an open display of them. Yeah, that, that's, what, that, that's what that meant when it said that he, uh, in that scripture in, in uh, Colossians. So my question is, why do we go through troubles and uh, when God created a good universe. See, we got to realize that, that, yes, we know that Jesus has already won the battle. The battle is not ours, it's the Lord. We know that the war that we're going through, uh, the Bible says in Ephesians 6 and 12, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against powers and principalities, against rulers of these wicked, uh, wickedly high places. The Bible also lets us, we have to understand that while we're here, we will face tests though. Amen? And yes, why do we go through, through troubles in our life? Why do we go through situations in our life? I'm glad you asked. Uh, when we look at Genesis, the first chapter in the 31st verse, the Bible says this, because we, live, we, we were created to operate in good. Amen? The Bible says, then God saw everything that he had made. That means the earth. He said everything that he had made. Uh, and indeed, it was what? Very good. So the evening and the day were the sixth day. So we, we see that God created the environment, the atmosphere. He created man to be good. But then we know that there came a test and there came a trials uh, uh, because things do not tend um, to. We, we got to realize that that. Things are not positioned for us to fail because God created us good. Things were never intended for us to fail uh, or have uh, all the troubles that we have. But there was a fall of man 
that that changed the the the, the that changed the circumference that changed the 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 strategy that God had to get us uh, uh, to victory. Amen. Um, not that it caught him by surprise, but God had to put in place a strategy for us to have success ourselves because he did give man free will. Amen. See, see, so realize that things do not tend to lean towards evil because God planned it that way. He created everything again to be good. See, the evil that lives on the earth is an unnatural intruder. It came into existence when Satan interfered with God's perfect creation. Uh, he tempted Adam and Eve to disobey God. Uh, and so now you got to realize this. Uh, we got to realize how was he able to do that? Do you realize that Satan was created perfect as well? Yes, yeah, scripture shows us real quick. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Till iniquity was found in you. You can find that in Ezekiel, the 28th chapter, looking at the 15th through the 17th verse. Amen. So Satan was created perfect, but iniquity came upon him. Satan was created this way. Uh, the Bible says in verse number 16 of that same uh, chapter, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within. And guess what? And you sinned. Then God said, therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stone. He also says this in verse number 17. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. That's, that, that's two major things. Because of Satan's beauty, your heart was lifted up. Your heart got boastful because of how good you look. If I had to talk to somebody real quick, how, how many times have we felt like that we've arrived to a certain status because of certain things we've obtained in life? Our hearts are lifted up a lot of times because of the accolades that we gain, the things that we accomplish. It says you corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. All the things that Satan knew that were right, that he was a created being of God, that he had authority, that God placed him in charge. He was the covering angel. That even though God gave this, this angel uh, so much power and authority, he looked at himself at his splendor and said that he was better than God. He looked at himself in his accolades and felt like his beauty, his splendor, what he could do was higher than the one who created him. Too often do people fall to that same, uh, same issue. God blesses us, but we think that we've arrived because of the abilities that we have. We think we know more than God. We think we know better than God. So we then turn ourselves away from God. We then tell God that we can handle our situations, our problems, our challenges, our life better than the way that God sees it. Better than how God has directed our path. 
So now we got to realize and get back to a place that we're, we're, we're not negating who God called us to be, but we are reassigning and redeveloping our relationship with him so that we can be all that he called us to be. Yeah, he said your heart was filled, was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground and I laid you before, ga- for ki- before kings that they might gaze at you. God had to cause uh, Satan to fall so that he could prove to the, to Satan, and not only to Satan, but those who may also have the thought and the mindset that they were above God, that he said, I caused you to fall that they might gaze at you. They might see you and understand that you are not the big and bad thing. Yeah, too often do we believe that a lot of the things that Satan throws at us are bigger than the power that God has over the things. Uh, Ezekiel, he, he tells him that I laid you before kings. I laid you down. I, I, I made sure that you, that all the authority I gave you, you no longer lived by. So now, while, while yet and still, Satan tries to assert like he has so much power over us, but the, the, but the question is, does he have power over us or do we give him authority to us? Why? Because back in Genesis, when we saw, uh, when we see the account of um, Adam and Eve, uh, Satan could not do anything. When, when Eve sinned and he tempted, he, he tempted Eve um, and she bit of the fruit and she shared it with her husband, um, Satan did not force the apple in her hand or the, the fruit in her hand. I'm not going to use apple. He did not force this thing upon her. Satan can never force anything on you. Satan can never make you do anything. But what he can do he can spark the interest in you because he's the deceiver of the brethren. He is the father of lies. He can, inf- he can try to influence how your mind processes it. The fact of the matter of is when Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, they had dominion. They had authority. They had one-on-one access with God. They were without anything. But the way that Satan presented it to them, to Eve, that she would be like God, that that it tempted her mind. It put uh, it put a disconnect there that says there can be something more. And too often do we constantly fall because we believe that there can be something more than what God is already doing in our life. There can be something more beneficial if we just tarry the if we just sort of teeter totter on the fence. There can be something more if for some that they totally give up a relationship with God. That there can be something more if we take what God gave us, put our own mind to it, and then 
not give credit or honor to God, that there can somehow be something more. Why? Because when you look at it, Satan's the thing that were taken away from Satan, Adam had the ability to do. Adam was the one, the caretaker of the earth. The Bible says that he told him to, that he gave him dominion over the fowls of the air, the fish of the sea, every creepy thing that crawleth upon the earth. He gave him dominion and authority to have rule over these things. He was in charge of it. He had no, there was no need to, 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 to believe that he could be any closer to God. God walked with him in the cool of the day. God talked to him. He gave him the right to name each animal, to name each herb. To, he gave him those rights. He gave him the right to be who he called him to be. What rights have God given you that you have forsaken because the enemy told you there's something else that you're missing? I got about six minutes left. Because I need us as a church, I need us as liberty to begin to war as a completed body of Christ. We have to war for one another. We have to intercede on the behalf of those when they're falling. We have to build up the body and know who we're fighting against. Because if we constantly remain fighting against a person then the enemy will constantly keep bringing other people. But when we fight against the spirit, when we fight against the principalities, when we fight against the powers, when we fight against the rulers of darkness of this age, then we begin to see our battle differently. Our battle is with, like I said again, the rulers of darkness of this age. What is going on in this age? Not that we got it. We 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 can't keep saying, "Oh, I'm 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 going to fight this person," or "I'm going to." Oh, it's only about what this person does. No, there is a spirit that we're warring against, that we have to be prepared, that we have to use our word against, that we have to have prayer, a prayer life against, that we have to have uh, the ability to, 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 uh, to use the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us because he's our God, our, our comforter, our friend, our counselor. I said our God, our comforter, our friend, and our counselor. Those four things, those are the four things that the Holy Spirit does for us. So we have to use the Holy Spirit to war against the, the rulers of darkness of this age. But we cannot present or we cannot get confused, and I'm finished with this, we cannot get confused what the darkness looks like of this age. Amen? Just because someone makes it a law, just because a, a, a society accepts it does not mean it's not governed by the rulers of darkness of this age. Amen. So no matter what it is, if it's contrary to what the word of God says, it becomes our enemy. Satan, he said, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom. 
Satan, it, it, he corrupted his wisdom. That, that The Bible does not say that God stripped him of wisdom. It was corrupted while he was looking and gazing upon himself. The fact that it's corrupted, that's how he became the father of lies. Because he can use the wisdom that he has uh, and and use it in a corruptive nature in a sinful manner and cause you to fall every time. But the Bible says, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Or are you going to continue to struggle with or are you going to declare that I'm an overcomer? Are you going to continue to say I struggle with or are you going to say, you know what, God has delivered me? Are you going to continue to say, you know what, I can't get through this? Or are you going to say, greater is he is in me than he that's in the world? Are you going to continue to say that, that you know what, God, this is more than I can bear? Or are you going to believe that God said, I will never put more on you than you can bear? See the difference in words? Are you going to be begin to open up your mouth and speak life? Or are you going to continue to give power to that thing that God has already defeated on your behalf? See, see, in slavery, the, the, the thing about slavery, and I'm done right here as we close out. The thing about slavery was after they had beaten the black race so much, they didn't have to keep them in shackles. While there were 200 slaves on a farm, uh, on a plantation, that only eight people, eight people, uh, uh, that eight white people lived in, they beat them so much or killed a few of them that it scared everybody else in, into believing that they had to remain. But when we begin to speak life, we begin to counter what the enemy thinks he's going to beat down in us. When we begin to use the authority and the liberty that we walk in, we counter what the enemy tries to destroy us with. The bondage, the stronghold. Even, I love when we talk about Paul and Silas being in the jail cells. Even in the place of having shackles on. What place in your life do you have shackles on? That God now is saying, are you ready to speak to that thing? Are you ready to come out of that thing? Are you ready to be set free from that thing? He said, open up your mouth and begin to worship, begin to pray, begin to praise. Because Paul and Silas prayed. They worshiped. The Bible says that the shackles fell off of not only them, but everybody around them. The jail cells opened, not just for them. That's where I'm 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 gonna finish this right here. Not just for them, but for everybody around them. 
for those of you that that can believe the word of God, I'm telling you right now, your freedom over the darkness over the powers of this age comes in your prayer and your praise. If you begin to open up your mouth and begin to praise, begin to pray, begin to worship, I'm telling you the shackles will fall off of you and everybody around you. Yeah, there's power in your voice. There's power in your tongue. There's power in your in, in what God has placed on the inside of you. Paul and Silas didn't have use of their hands or their feet. They could not get up and walk around. The weapons of their warfare were not carnal. They could not knock the guard over their head. But get this, they prayed and they praised. And when the shackles fell off and the jail cell opened up, yeah, the victory was won. And not only was the victory won, but get this, the one who had imprisoned them or was in charge of watching them while they were in prison got so scared because he thought that they were gone that he was ready to kill himself. Do you realize the enemy that's fighting against your soul when you begin to pray and praise my God, when you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, it will cause the enemy of your soul to watch and watch the shackles fall off and watch your freedom and then declare it's better if I kill myself than go back and report that they are victorious. Somebody missed that right there. I'm telling you right now your prayer and your praise will identify who's uh, causing you trouble but not only identify it will destroy the plan of the enemy while you're in the midst of your shackles. It will cause the enemy to be scared. It will cause the enemy to fall subject to the authority that God gave on the inside of you. Paul and Silas praised and they prayed and shackles fell off their hands and their feet. You gotta realize that Satan is already under your feet through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And because he's under your feet, you have already won the battle. You just got to come in into agreement with your mouth, with your spirit and with your mind and your heart that you are victorious. I dare about 10 of y'all declare I'm victorious. I'm victorious through Christ who strengthens me. Who is causing you trouble? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this evening, God. We thank you, God, that you're setting the captives free. We thank you, God, that you are identifying the true enemy of our soul. We come against every tactic. We come against every plan, every uh, stronghold, every evil forces in wickedly high places, every ruler of darkness of this age. God, we stand boldly with your anointing, with your gift, with your word on our lips. And we speak to that environment, to that person, to that spirit. And we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. 
It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, next week, join us uh, in person as we continue on with uh, the identity or the, uh, the characteristics of the prophet. Amen. I wanted to take a minute and deal with who's causing you trouble because there are many of you that have been struggling in silence with things and God is ready to release you, but you got to open up your mouth. You got to open up your mouth and begin to use your weapons. Your praise is your weapon. Your prayer is your weapon. Your worship is your weapon. So I'll leave you with this. Live on purpose, live for purpose, but most importantly, live in God's purpose. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Be blessed. Go in peace. Invite somebody to join us next week right here, same place, same time. Sorry that we were running a little bit late, but it won't happen again next week. Amen. Be blessed.